You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, your source and insight for local government technology. My name is Brennan Middleton, and today we're going to be speaking with Brian Jones, City Manager of Eastvale, California, about the city's unique approach to building a culture that enabled them to thrive amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Really excited about our conversation today, and I think we'll provide some some immense value for our listeners. So, Brian, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. So, Really quick background here. For those listening, Brian was appointed as a city manager of Eastvale, California in 2018. Under his leadership, the city has has risen to new heights and become one of the nation's top 20 best places to live in the country. Uh, in, in recent months, uh, as we've all battled the COVID-19 pandemic, Eastvale has, has really seen immense growth across a multitude of different industries. Uh, over 32% increase in new business applications and renewals, uh, nearly 6% increase in property tax revenue, almost 8% increase in sales tax revenue, and and north of 6% increase in franchise fees. Pretty impressive numbers here. I met Brian several weeks ago, and I was just really intrigued by these success metrics and wanted to just chat about, like, how did that occur? What were the process, and how did they they battle uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact that that was having on on a multitude of jurisdictions and communities across the country. So, Brian, really, before we get started, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit more about the city itself and, and kind of set the stage for our discussion today. Well, you know, uh, Eastvale is a city that rose out of dairy country. Uh, we used to, we, we commonly say, we used to have a million dairy cows uh, in Eastvale, and now we have 73,000 residents. And so, and over the last 15 to 18 years, um, we grew s- suburban homes and became a bedroom community uh, to Orange County and Los Angeles and River within Riverside County. And uh, 10 years ago, uh, October 1st, 2010, we incorporated as a city. And uh, it's kind of a controversial vote. Do we stay as a county or a city? Um, but uh, the majority said we're going to become a city. And, and here we are, uh, a little over 10 years old. Um, and we're having the conversation about what do we want to be when we're 30 and really creating a dynamic vision for the future. And, you know, you're back there on the East Coast and your city's back there, 100, 200, 250 years old. Some of them, yeah. uh, our city is 10 years old, right? And so wow. uh, it, it's a whole different dynamic uh, with a young city, um, but it, it's also uh, creating uh uh, the dynamic of, of how how do you go from a, a dairy country uh, to a sub- bedroom suburban community to a thriving destination, right? And and we're in that transition between bedroom community and destination and really creating an attraction uh, that our residents can be super proud of um, uh, and providing a sustainable, thriving community where people can connect and prosper. And, and that's uh, where we're really focusing on because cities are all about community and community is all about people and businesses and how do they connect and and create places for people to thrive. And so, um, and that's what we're working on in Eastvale uh, um, to uh, uh, take it up a notch and do something a little different in the Inland Empire. We kind of jokingly say uh, uh, a lot of times the IE, the Inland Empire, which is uh, 
a pretty large area, bigger than some states on the East Coast uh, with San Bernardino County and Riverside County. But um, uh, uh, we, we, we joke that we're changing it to the innovation empire rather than the inland empire. And, and it's all about location, location, location. Most of your Amazon goods and, and world trade comes through our region right here to the rest of the nation as well as from our nation to the rest of the globe and so uh this this is a very special part of the united states uh for logistics and movement of goods and uh out of the long beach port and the ontario airport and um to the serving the entire world so awesome yeah, so with that with that overview, Brian, I'd like to just kind of dive right in to really the topic of discussion today is is really COVID-19. Uh, obviously, it's top of mind for so many jurisdictions and it's affecting so many different so many different aspects of jurisdictions based upon their makeup and region and size and scope. So, I'd love to get your perspective on on how did the city respond and and what what did the process look like as as the onset of COVID-19 happened, and then as your team and and the, the local government within the city transitioned to really a remote environment that so many faced for the first time. Well, you know, it was, it, it was uh, I'll never forget it, March 13th, it was Friday the 13th, it's real easy to remember, uh, 2020, uh, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, got on television worldwide, and, and it was noon out here, Pacific Standard Time. Our team was in the midst of doing a... a um, mission, vision, values, purpose, uh, leadership training, strength-based leadership development for our team. And um, and we turned it on at noon and we stopped our training and turned on and, and we knew something big was about to change. Uh, um, and so we knew we had to successfully balance the priority of following important health and safety precautions, uh, as well as supporting businesses to safely remain open, staying accessible, uh, to the public and encouraging a healthy mindset for our residents uh, through uh, through unity in the community and and it, it, the word community really has unity in it and so uh, you know as one of Southern California's newest and fastest growing cities we operate a mid-sized city with a lean team of professionals and we call our professionals talent we don't have a human resource department we have a talent attraction and development team uh, we're attracting and developing talent. And in fact, our city clerk was just named uh, the 2021 city clerk of, of the year for the state of California. So that's pretty cool that a small city or a medium sized city like that can develop that talent and have that talent working right here to serve our residents. Um, but we're a smaller team, but because we're a very purpose driven team, uh, we approach solving challenges in non-conventional ways. Uh, and turning uh, challenges or obstacles into opportunities. And I think that's the way we always are, are, are approaching something that truly sets our organization apart from others. Uh, and uh, we're real proud of that and how we do that. But it really starts with our internal culture. Um, and, and that proved to be a critical game changer uh, for quickly developing an all virtual city hall just 48 hours after the president declared a yeah. national emergency and and locked down in March 2020 with a 14-day flatten the curve uh, request. Remember when it was just 14 days and here we are a year, year and a month and two change. Um, That's right. But you know the unique thing about our city is we had never really operated anything virtual before 
because we're such a small city and we're we're a start, small startup uh, entrepreneurial city. And so we hadn't we didn't have all the virtual technology of the big cities or the cities that have been around for 50 or 100 years that had already invested in all that stuff. And so, um, but our leadership team just pivoted on that weekend. And, and I think we all worked 96 hours straight <laughs> for the first 96 hours. I don't think we mm -hmm. slept that much that first weekend, um, but we, we had never operated the, our services virtually, but the city hall team with the direction of the city council uh, um, made, it, made it possible with courageous, creative and collaborative results uh, and unconventional thinking that is not generally seen in government agencies. Um, and, and I think that is a testament to the talent that we have and the strength-based leadership team that we have here at City. But the bottom line is we couldn't afford to operate how we had always been without resulting in devastating impacts to our community and businesses uh, who rely on our services. Uh, yeah. And that was, it was just not an option for Eastfield. So we pivoted um, and we pivoted hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so the city council and commission meetings immediately went virtual instead of canceling events that were normally in person Eastfield moved to more of a virtual events uh, for 2020 like the, our state of the city uh, Veterans Day and 9-11 ceremonies were very patriotic we 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 celebrate and uh, remember are those that have served um, not only did we get to hold these events, but we were able to capture a wider audience by by live streaming them uh, on social media and people around the world were watching uh, uh, our, our live stream events. And as a city team, we worked collaboratively to install safety measures at City Hall to enhance uh, safety for employees and the public so that we could stay open. Uh, our goal was to stay open and, and operating. It's our it's our duty as public servants. Um, and that's the way we look at ourselves. We serve the public, our residents and businesses in the community. We installed plexiglass throughout City Hall, like many people, and we use utilize an A and B shift at first for social distancing. Uh, and so we'd have 50% of the team on on Monday, Wednesday, and the 50% on Tuesday and Thursday. So we could, uh, and so that if if an outbreak happened, we didn't shut down the whole city because uh, um, we weren't, no one knew what this, uh, virus was all about at that time and so yeah we had this we had we had this little t uh ipad we call them wally -E, but you go over there and check your temperature and it tells you whether you're normal or not and i always jokingly say he tells me i have a normal iq but uh, um um but uh um, and then we we really pride ourselves on doing government differently and, and as a result we were able to continue to serve a lot of our agencies around us were the city halls were completely open closed to public uh, and we were open to the public. They could walk in in the morning, make appointments in the afternoon. Our city council meetings in June uh, were open to, the, became open to the public, and we practiced social distancing. But we also offered offered them on virtual. So, um, so we were real proud of how we responded. It, it was it was very different and unique, uh, um, um, and it was a real testament to the team and the city council here at at, at the city of Eastville. Awesome. Yeah, and there's one of his next points, Brian, you, you sort of alluded to it just a minute ago, and I wanted to call it out separately here in our interview today. We talked about it in our pre-show interview, but you referenced how establishing a core purpose was so vital and important and, and how you how you really worked, your team really worked with the entire community to kind of 
outline core values that would ultimately set the foundation for how you were to operate over the the un, un uh, anticipated future. We didn't know how long this would last, but ultimately, looking back now, those core values were that foundation for how you would operate in in this this throughout the pandemic. So, could you walk us through that and how all that came together? Yeah. We, we pride ourselves on being a strength-based leadership, purpose and values, and people-serving team. And last year, we started developing our purpose and values as a team here at City Hall. And our, our purpose is we champion experiences that engage, excite, and elevate our community with a focus on unity in the community. And we do that through our three core values. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people will talk about values, and these are the things that we die on a sword for, right? We, we lead with kindness, we lead with grit. And if you if you haven't seen Susan Duckworth's TED talk on grit, uh, that'll explain what, what the city of Eastvale as a community and as a city hall is all about grit. Uh, as a young city, you've got to have amazing grit. And then our last value is solutions driven. And we do that through courageous, creative and collaborative results and focusing on results and performance. And so when you walk in City Hall, it says exceeding Eastvale's expectations every day uh, on the wood beam at, in, in the front lobby area. And and people kind of like tilt their head. What, you're setting the bar pretty high there. And I always say, shouldn't we always be better today than we were yesterday? And so right. how? How do we always work to strive to exceed expectations, right? Who wants to meet expectations? Who 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 wants to underperform expectations? No one does. So exceeding expectations is our goal. And um, but sometimes people will walk in and say, "You're not meeting my expectations today," or, or "You did something wrong." And I said, "You know, there's some fine print up there." And they're saying, "We don't see any fine print." And I said, "Oh, well, there's an asterisk." Um, and and they're like, there's no asterisks up there. And I, I said, well, it's it's what we feel inside. Some days we win, some days we learn, but we're always giving and trying our best. And, right. and, and so, you know, you being a sports uh, baseball super stud, <laughs> you know, you always had to bring your best every day, right? That's right. We do That's the right. same thing as government employees uh, um, and, and teammates and talent. And we're always looking to attract it and develop our talent so that they can continue to provide the best services to our community and 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 that was you know as we develop that we make decisions based on it i mean a purpose and values is nothing if you if you don't have a chief reminding or a chief encouragement officer that's what you know if, as a, as a city manager i'm the ceo of the organization and ceo could stand for chief executive officer but also could be chief encouragement officer and and what we find most often is our teammates need a lot of encouragement and you need to create an environment that's safe and inviting and, and welcoming so that they can try. And, and if you have a mindset of mistakes are proof you're trying and you reward people for, for trying um, and learning and growing and developing, they're always going to be investing in the organization and your customers. And, and so we, we, we pour a lot into our talent and our team um, for that. So it, it, it's it's very rewarding um, uh, to be part of this team. Yeah. And uh, and to see people uh, step up and take on new roles. And, and you, you rarely hear in our organization, that's the way we've always done it, which is a common government phrase, uh, or that's not my job. 
you don't hear that in our organization either. And so uh, if, if there's a problem, uh, uh, we need to solve it. Right. I think that, I think a rapper had that song, uh, uh, um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it, if you see a problem, we're all part of the same team and we need to fix it. Right. And, right. and work to improve it. And so that's where we yep. really work together as a team and, and change that culture. Awesome. So Brian, if we could shift gears just a bit here and talk about um, the small business, the small business community, we know uh, across the country, small business really is the the heartbeat of a lot of communities. Um, you explained how your focus on the small business community played a, an immense role in minimizing the impact of the pandemic. Could you discuss a few of the areas that that made the most impact? You know, we did the Eastvale Emergency uh, Grant Program through the CARES Act, and we walked door to door to all the businesses in all of our shopping centers and put it out on social media. Hey, we're giving away uh, CARES Act grants, and we gave away 27 business grants, uh, 10 to $12,000 a, a, a business. Uh, we, we created a business support program, and we, uh, we hired a PR firm and our communications team work really closely together uh, to to really uh, uh, give the marketing materials, stand six feet apart, wear your mask, do your part to keep our businesses open, right? Uh, um, we also, you know, a lot of local agencies were charging businesses for an outdoor dining permit. And, and yeah. Mike said, our restaurants are already hurting not only are we gonna give these permits away for free, we're gonna do them in 24 hours across the counter, right? So if you were a restaurant that needed an outdoor dining permit with a tent and 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 whatnot, we you could literally come in on a back of a napkin and, and, and we'd help you through the process uh, and we'd even help point you in the direction of where you could order the tent, uh, how you could set this up. And we just wanted to make sure the tent wasn't flammable and that you were providing ADA accessibility, right? And 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 it, it was a learning growth. No one had done outdoor dining under tents or in a parking lot or, you know, and so that was kind of a cool thing. And then one of the really things that we're really proud about is is the restaurant relief fund. We we went out to people that and said, hey, let's make donations to our restaurant relief fund. When, when the 14 day flatten the curve and that became something more than that and uh, our restaurants had to close down and then they opened back up and then the governor closed them again right before the 4th of July and then opened them up and then closed them down. Uh, um, you know, as a as a restaurant business, you're buying food three to five days in advance and ordering that stuff. And so without much warning, having to shut your business down, you're losing a lot of revenue or, 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 or expenses and or creating a lot of expenses without revenue coming in. And so the Chamber of Commerce at the city of Eastville is an amazing uh, chamber, as well as the city. We said, let's let's ask for donations. Let's infuse those donations back into our restaurant businesses when they were closed down and needed the money the most wow. to help their employees, help cover their rent, their expenses, lost food revenue, those kind of things. And and we infuse like forty thousand dollars immediately right into our restaurant community. Right. Um, wow. But the really cool thing is Amazon which we have the largest Amazon fulfillment center in the world right here in Eastvale, the, the most tech, technologically advanced Amazon fulfillment center. We're really proud to have Amazon and be an Amazon community. Uh, and they said, well, here's $10,000. And we said, and at the same time, we were thinking, 
hey, you know what? We have a thousand seniors that are graduating from Eleanor Roosevelt High School. We could give each one of those seniors a $10 gift certificate as part of their graduation. And then as the restaurants start opening up, they could use those $10 to go out to dinner with their family or, or whatnot right. or themselves or with their fr friends and hopefully infuse even more money into our restaurants, right? And so that was a really uh, uh, great program. And it was, a, it while it was a very, uh, $10 isn't a lot to a graduating senior, it was it was the, the thought and the gesture from the chamber and the city and, and, and that restaurant relief fund, but it had a huge impact on our restaurants. And instead of going into last year with a $1.7 million deficit, we ended the year with a $3.6 million surplus, right? And so our approach and our quick actions as a government agency saved uh, us millions of dollars. Um, but also our rest, our, our residents started shopping and buying local at greater percentages than they had ever before. And so we really yeah. saw the power of buying local and we created a love Eastville, shop Eastville, dine Eastville, play Eastville, stay Eastville. You know, uh, um, we, we created this whole uh, love Eastville campaign and what it means to to shop local, buy local. Um, but, um, you know, that was a real new campaign that came out. And then we just celebrated numerous grand openings, uh, made progress uh, on construction and we'd highlight construction projects because people were still investing in our cities. People were uh, yeah. still growing our city and we signed leases and letters of intent for new restaurants and businesses. And, and that's a real focus area in, in 2019 and in 2021, we did a community satisfaction survey. Four out of 10 residents said it, it just open blank question. What is one thing we need to work on as a city? And they're bring more dining options and choices and elevate our dining options and choices. And we've been working really hard to do that so that our residents can date local. They don't have to leave our city to go out on a nice date um, or yeah. or or take their family out for a celebratory um, uh, dinner. So we're working really hard on that. Excellent. One of the last questions I have for you, Brian, um, before, we, before we get into some key takeaways, and, and I'd be remiss without discussing this particular topic, and I've been having a lots of conversations just like the one today with many local government leaders around the social issues that a lot of jurisdictions and a lot of regions across the country are dealing with. And we all know that COVID, you know, triggered kind of a historic economic downturn, leaving you know, really millions unemployed and, and Black Lives Matter protests were happening amidst COVID, you know, and, and all of those things have reignited discussions about systemic racism, inequality, and really, you know, in addition to that police reform. Um, how did the city of Eastville respond to some of those important social issues and, and, and how did it affect the community itself? Well, Your you community? know, we're, we're really blessed in Eastville. We're, we're one of the most diverse communities in all of Southern California, if not the state of California. And um, so when the Black Lives Matter ha movement happened, we, we said, you know, it's about seeking to understand one or another rather than being understood. And so how do we have conversations and have those, facilitate those difficult conversations? And we realized 10% of our population is black in our community and 10% of our population is also law enforcement. So you can literally step out your front door, look to your left and look to your right. And, and you have a, a one in 10, uh, one in five chance to your left and one in five chance to your right of having a, a neighbor that's black and a neighbor that is in law enforcement. And it could be the same neighbor, right? Uh, um, and, and so, 
um, you know, Alex Frazier, a, a former Diamondback baseball player, now a LAPD officer, yeah. is a great example of that in our community, right? And and he's one of the founding people of our inclusionary task force that we started also with the Black Lives Matter movement. And so we have people coming together about how do we seek to understand so that where every face is seen, every voice is heard, and everyone feels welcome and safe in our community. And no matter, it, it, you know, we just did a vigil for Asian hate uh, uh, um, in our community and um, and our mayor is the youngest uh, uh, person of color, a female person of color in the state of California uh, um, wow. and, and Malaysian, right? And so the first Malaysian mayor uh, um, at her age to be uh, our mayor. And so it's really cool that we're able to have these conversations and, and Black History Month, we brought in black leaders from our community as well as our organization here at City Hall to talk about what is the black experience in Eastvale? What was it like growing up being black? What is it like living black, right? And 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 how can the black community as well as all of our alliances in our community really help foster a greater uh, environment and where everyone feels safe, welcome, seen and heard, right? Um, and so uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement, we had a really special, uh, you know, a lot of other cities were ravaged and devastated during the protest. We said, look, you have a, 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 a First Amendment right to, to, to protest. However, there, there will be no looting, no violence. Uh, we are here to have conversations, right? My mayor at the time was walking amongst the protests uh, um, and uh, our, one of our uh, developers for the Eastville Gateway was walking amongst the protests to seek to understand what are they out there talking about for the protest, right? And and we came out with a couple different messages right before the protest and, and we said, hey, look, here's the protest. We can talk, we can have conversations. Let's seek to understand one another, but we don't have to be violent about it, right? Yeah. We don't have to be destructive. We don't have to destroy our community. And, but we also had a very special moment where a former school site resource officer who was on one side of the line and Alicia Matthews, who was on the other side of the line, uh, um, got to do an embrace. And after that protest, and these became award-winning uh, articles that our team wrote because we went and interviewed Deputy Myers on what it was like to be on one side of the uh, line. And for one of the students that she was mentoring and like a second mom mentor to on the other side, Alicia Matthews on the other side and two of my teammates who are black went out and interviewed both of them and helped tell that story. And it was a really tall tale story of she gave her baton and her weapon to her sergeant behind her and crossed the line to embrace. And it was captured with cameras and videos and all this stuff. And it was our we're, we're very blessed with a great Riverside uh, uh, sheriff, uh, Chad Bianco, who, you know, he knelt with the Black Lives Matters in downtown Riverside. Um, and, and really, it was his leadership with his law enforcement, as well as our mayor and council and our staff here and our and really our community that said, hey, we're better than this. Let's have conversations. Let's seek to understand um, and really um, 
bring people together with a, a focus on unity within the community and that inclusionary task force and the and our black history month uh, uh, was just a great uh, time for people to come together and and learn about each other and we have so much to celebrate in this world and the united states is such a melting pot for so many different people and so is eastville that you can do so many great things if you just look to turn that obstacle into an opportunity turn that debate into a conversation uh seek yep. to understand rather than seek to be understood right and and do some listening and 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 our core value of kindness really was really what was important awesome brian thank you for sharing that i, I think it's such an important topic that should be continued to be discussed and and how different communities are dealing with with those issues that are just so prevalent and so important um so before we before we jump into key takeaways Brian, I know you're pretty active on social media. We actually met on social media. It was, it was great uh, to, to connect there. Were you able to utilize social media uh, throughout this whole time period to better communicate or drive any engagement for some of these important issues that you discussed earlier? And how did you do that? Oh, our communications team is an award-winning communications team and, and really led, I, I, I want to say, besides the city of Los Angeles, probably led communication early on in COVID and, and, and throughout the entire area. But it, it, it's also where we've reached out to new businesses about opening up in, in Eastville. We'll reach out to you on Instagram, right? And have a yeah. conversation with a, a new business coming to our city. Um, we'll highlight businesses coming to our city. We'll encourage people to go shop and dine at our businesses um, on, our, on our social media platforms. And we have one of the largest social media platforms for a city our size in Southern California. And we're really proud of what we're doing on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and um, and really getting the message out because as a new city, it, if you don't tell your story, who's telling your story, right? And 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 so we, right. we focused on telling our story. And as a result, it's really helping elevate Eastvale and how people are, I, I had a friend that was in uh, Mississippi or uh, Biloxi, Mississippi or something like that. And there was a semi-truck that said Eastvale, California on the side. And he took a picture and said, hey, Eastvale's getting around the United States, right? And and it was one of our logistics companies. Um, but it was just really cool. Um, and and he had never known about Eastvale had it not been for him following our social media platforms, right? Uh, but he was following us from an economic development and a communication standpoint um, and really a trend setting. But, you know, like this last year, the mental health and the physical health, we started a move through motivation campaign, uh, Just Moves campaign, Matt Olson and Alex Frazier. We, we started the inclusionary task force um, and, and we started community-wide cleanups. 200 people on Saturdays would come out and clean up our streets because people were just craving interaction and community and yeah. doing something back right. good and giving back. And, and I think that was what was really um what was really cool to see in our community is as, as we gave them opportunities and events uh, to, to serve a greater purpose and something bigger than themselves. I think that's something we learned in COVID that it's more than just about me. It's about us and, and whatnot. So. It's awesome. So Brian, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Can you leave us with um, 
we, we've discussed a lot of different areas here and a lot of different specific examples, which is, is incredible. Uh, could you leave us with some key takeaways, maybe to kind of sum it all up on how you were able to accomplish so many different things in such a short period of time amidst a worldwide pandemic that was affecting so many communities in a negative way? Like, what are your core core takeaways for us? Well, for us, it, it was our mission, vision, and, and values. So we, we champion, I mean, what government's champion, right? We champion experiences that engage, excite, and elevate our community with a focus on unity in the community. It's also our mindset and our approach. We're exceeding East Fell's expectations every day, and we're trying to every day. We're giving and trying our best every day. And some days we win, and some days we learn, but we're always a growing, trying, and developing company, uh, agency and team. And we really worked really hard to eliminate the fear-based culture and create an aim frame culture. What are we trying to do? What is our goal? What is our intent? What is our purpose as a team, right? And so a lot of times fear-based causes paralysis and nothing stops movement more than fear, right? And then the enemy of progress is perfection. Don't wait to be perfect, just start moving. Uh, you know, a ship, if you're in the Navy, a ship can't be, uh, you can't steer a ship unless it's in motion and, it, and it's in gear. Otherwise, the, the current and the wind are taking you, right? And then as a government agency, a lot of governments look to be uh, um, the hub uh, and solve, and the government has to solve it. And we as a city take it a different stance. We're just a spoke in the wheel and we always put the issue or the problem as the hub. And then we look, look to work with our community to solve that problem or issue that's the hub. And, and so we don't look at ourselves as the hero. We look at ourselves as the guide to the success of, of the city of Eastvale and our community and, and the businesses in our community. And so um, so really changing it from this, uh, we're, we're a, the, changing it from the hub of a wheel to the spoke of a wheel um, and being one of the community and, and part of the solution, uh, we aren't the sole solution because there's a lot of talent in our community and, and we're tapping into that talent and, and tapping into those community champions that want to make our community better. And, and that's what we tell everybody all the time. If you want to be partners with us and make our community better and, and bring your positive attitude, your can-do attitude, your learning, growing, and trying attitude, we want to have you as a partner in our wheel, right? And, and um, the wheel of success in Eastville, right? And so that, I think that's where we really focus on and, and it's and it's helped us out quite a bit serve our residents and community at new and better levels and and really redefine how we do government and do it differently so that uh, i couldn't be more proud uh, of the team that i'm uh, that surrounds me here uh, um it, we have a, an amazing city council that works together you know a lot of government a lot of a lot of cities get caught up in are you red or blue or liberal or conservative or whatever? Our council can have disagreements on the dais, but they still respect each other. They're still very professional with each other okay. and they're working to serve the entire community together. And I think, it, and it transcends their, to, to the organization. And, and, um, and so you can see a lot of, uh, governments that are dysfunctional because of their council and, and our council leads with great leadership and and uh, allows me to be a great city manager and, and the team to to really be more effective and efficient uh, th than they ever were before by bringing their best talents and strengths as 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 government employees awesome well brian your energy is clearly infectious you're super passionate um 
I, I can't thank you enough for jumping on telling your story, East Vale's story, um, not only through COVID, but there's just so many value added takeaways from just everyday operations and things and creative approaches to, you know, running a more uh, efficient community. And I, I really appreciate you jumping on today to tell that story. Um, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Local Government Insights Podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership. Uh, we hope to see you soon. Please stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come. Look forward to having you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brandon. You've been listening to Local Government Insights, Modernizing Government Leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.